This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, OK, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to another Troy and Hurling show with Eddie Brennan and John Milan, along with myself, Michael Verney. Loads to talk about after a brilliant weekend of Hurling. I suppose, Eddie, we might start in Semple Stadium, Tipperary and Galway. Very, very interesting game. Very topsy-turvy, a bit of a roller coaster. It was nearly a flurry of points from one side and then a flurry from the other. Tipperary finished strong. An important win for Tipperary, Eddie. A kind of a, a change in Tipperary, I suppose, and playing like a developing style under Liam Cattle. But very, very important to get the win for them and finish with a strong, uh, you know, with a strong finale to get the two points on the board. Yeah, I suppose, Michael, yeah. A bit like some of the matches the weekend, we saw where one team, you know, dominates and then they kind of almost ease up and they maybe think that they haven't won or something. You know, we saw it in Kenny Cork as well, but I suppose if you're looking to consolidate and build and drive on, like probably uh, Liam Cal wants at the moment, most importantly then, I think uh, you have to set out that your own ground is a fortress. You have to have that there are absolute... No gimmies whatsoever. You have to send out that message. And it's probably in keeping with, if you want your values and your cultures of a team, you have to say, well, our own ground is just absolutely a no-no. People have to understand that if they come here, they're going to have to kill us to get a point. So therefore, that mentality is probably what's starting to shine through now a little bit with Tip. I'd imagine they earmarked this match, I would say, in terms of learning and you know, they got caught probably a little bit by surprise by Galway in, in regard to how Galway set up last year. They probably tactically outmaneuvered him a little bit in that quarterfinal. So um, I'd say Cal had that in mind and he obviously dispatched Mikey Breen then to follow Conor Whelan around the pitch. But um, all in all, it's probably starting to just take shape a little bit more now. I think it's starting to consolidate a little bit. I could even say you look at that Tipperary team and you're probably looking at your defensive unit, they're starting to shape up a little bit. You know, you one or two personnel, like you think, okay, guess Barrett back in there among those, you now have, you know, a, a pretty solid defensive unit, Jamie Kendi, Barry Heffernan, you know, a lot of experience now. So, um, yeah, they seem to be moving in the right direction. And look, again, yes, I suppose I touched on it in the, in the piece there this morning about, you know, Gerard O'Connor. Uh, you look at the the amount of miles that man is after clocking up on the, on the body in terms of hurling miles in the last couple of weeks. He has done a lot. And yes, look, he's, he's hurling with good freedom in that. But yeah, look, I suppose the flip side of that is you've seen dominant patches from Tip. 
then you've seen Galway roar back into the match and probably then is it maybe a case of expending so much energy then you're not able to sustain it and the other team kind of bounces back a little bit but yeah I'd say Cal was was all in all happy with that happy with the workmanlike performance and probably like them all lot to do but happy enough with where they sit right now Just a quick one back to you Eddie there on something you mentioned there was it always the thing with Brian Cody where there's been a fear factor coming to your ground isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it was it was just an absolute no-no. It was just a given. And an odd time you had to be reminded of that. I think, uh, I remember, was it one year, I think the Reds came down and ran amok. Uh, I think he, he bagged 1-6 one, one day in a league. And there was there was a bit of an old powwow, even just, you know, just before halftime. And it carried into the dressing room a little bit. So it just stoked it up a small bit. But... Um, Absolutely. I think you have to set down your marker. And, and I think during our time, there was only a few occasions. I remember even Claire came down one year, I think maybe about five or four or five they came down. And it was a real warm day in April, I think, or no, March. And Colin Lynch just ran amok the same day. He was everywhere. He was like a lad just uh, on Super Plus on Leaded or something like that. He was ev- everywhere. And just the aftermath to finish the point, yeah. And, you know, it would have been something that Brian Cody would have addressed very quickly at the next training session like that. Our own patch is just an absolute no-no and teams have to understand that they come in here, it's going to be cutthroat stuff. John, just on Tipperary there, you obviously know Liam Cattle well from his, from his time with Waterford, had Waterford playing some of the best stuff they've ever played. Do you see the pieces kind of, I know it's only early and it's only the second round of the league, but do you see the pieces kind of coming together a bit now? There was maybe a bit of turbulence last year with adapting to a new style that they weren't familiar with, but do you see it kind of all coming together a bit more now? Yeah, well look, that would always be the case in in in, in year two that, you know, under under the guidance of, of Mikey Bevins that, you know, what they were tr- trying to do last year, I, I'd say, you know, this year they're probably trying to go and one step further and try and perfect it even more. Uh, and I suppose, look, they kind of had to break down, you know, the disappointment of, of the previous year, uh, you know, and I suppose in case of last year, it was kind of a, a case of, you know, we'll go after results, try and get as many results on, on the board as possible. They probably had to go and have a, a really tough pre-season. We heard last night that they didn't, this year, they've come back uh, later on in the year um, I think Liam Cal and probably Mikey Benz and his managing team will probably take a, a lot of learnings from 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 last year, where things went wrong, where they need to improve on. A bit similar to to Waterford in 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 year three. Uh, and look, he's 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 he hasn't been shy in, in saying that he he wants to go after this league. He wants to you know he wants to win every game. He doesn't see you know. He doesn't see it being a hindrance to Tipperary going forward. You know, if they were to win a league title, the one thing that they have in their favour, you know, going into the Munster campaign, they have a buy in the first round. So that allows them to go and to go and really target uh, league success. And now they're in a great position. You know, that they're strong favourites now to to get into the last four. Uh, to probably uh, yesterday's result is more or less secure secure a, a semi final appearance and uh, yeah all in all for now look we, we can't we can't get away from the fact that either that we're only going into the second week of February but yeah Tipperary are in, are in a really good place Michael On the flip of that Mull 
with Galway, are, are there still a lot of question marks? Like, who's who's going to be playing where? What sort of style are they playing? There seems to be that same inconsistency still seems to be there, which is, and I said, I know it's early, but like, it's if you take it, it's it's two and a bit years into Henry's reign and we're, we're still kind of maybe a bit confused about what way they're going. Yeah, you could say that, but look, look I, I suppose... I would I would hold judgment on on Galway for, you know I think the the goal for Galway this year is to win a Leinster title. I think that has to be that has to be the number one thing for Galway this year to to, to win a Leinster to win a Leinster title, avoid possibly playing Limerick in in in, a, in another semi final, and I think that has to be the goal. And look, I'm for me. With a lot, an awful lot of teams, I'm going to, I'm going to hold me judgment. It's very hard. It's it's early doors. You even look at the personnel that they were missing yesterday, Bernie. Uh, you know, he's down an awful lot of bodies. You know, you even seen that young McLaughlin from Port Humlin. Now, I was really looking forward to seeing him in the league. He's after picking up uh, uh, a bad injury. I think he broke, broke his thumb, which he's probably going to be out of the... Or I think he's a broken finger. He's going to be out of the Fitz, Fitzgibbon for Mary Eye as well. So... Yeah, I don't think there'll be there'll be any panic yet from from from, from Henry. Plus, on top of that, you touched on Liam Callagher and Mikey Bevins trying to change things up for Tipperary. I'm sure Eamon O'Shea coming in now, you know, behind the scenes in training is, is trying to change things up for the way uh, Galway go about their business come the summer. So I think there's probably going to have to be, you know, a little bit of patience with Galway throughout this throughout this league. But there's even just quickly on that, there's two little things there. I suppose there is big pressure on Galway this year. They they have to deliver this, the Leinster title, and 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 it's it's a tough place to be because very quickly now, like you said, Mikey, there come June, July, it's year three for the lads and for Henry. So they'll have to deliver something. They've been close, but the other thing is just even the relationship there with 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 Henry and and O'Shea, like to get to know each other. Like he knows Richie O'Neill a long, long time. So there's there's also that dynamic, getting to understand each other, getting to understand, you know, what Eamon O'Shea's input is going to be and allowing them to input that or where does that and I'm sure they've sat down and had good conversations. But that's an interesting thing because I think it's so important that you like for you gel together, you're on the same wavelength and you understand what he's about and and trust what he's doing. Like so that's a, another interesting thing. And the question is, have they time to bed that down? Because like the injuries now. Yeah, it's the second week, third week in February, but it is coming at very, very quick. Like you pick up a hamstring injury now, you're now looking at championship. Will he be ready in five, six, seven weeks' time and have enough of work done to sustain matches week after week? So it's probably that's the big one now is injuries now are are, are lethal at this time of the year. Yeah, I think Declan McLaughlin has a broken thumb. Kevin Cooney had to go under the knife for a hamstring injury that keep him out for four or five months. But just oh. on uh on Eamon O'Shea and Henry, it's gas, Eddie. If someone had said to you 14 years ago <laughs> one of the main, that one of the main men that would stop the drive for five would be working with Henry and that David Herity would be in the opposite uh, opposite camp, in the Tipperary camp, you'd probably be a bit surprised. But listen, that's kind of the way of the world now. Uh, just on uh, Waterford and Clare, John, it finished uh, 20 points for uh, Clare, 116 for Waterford. You were in at it, John. What were your initial impressions of it? And I suppose just even from reading Eddie in the in the Independent this morning, like, do you like the way Waterford are setting up? Do you like the way they're playing? Is it uh, is it attractive on the eye? Will it get supporters behind them? 
Look, I just think we've we've just got to accept now that that Davis Sherrod, you know, he 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 just he's he just likes to, like he's not he's not the conventional type of person. He's he's no different to 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 Mickey Howard. He's no different to to Jimmy McGuinness. Some managers are like that, and I just think the fact that you know Davey goes out and has this plus one at the back. He, he, it's probably more under the un, under the eye of 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 of, of supporters of people watching Waterford from, from 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 the outside look looking in, and I just think we just have to accept now that you know he's going to play, he's going to he, he's going to play with the, with the plus one at the back. I've no problem with that. I've no problem with him playing with the plus one at the back. I think you know once once you have. At the you know you have two lads inside as we seen against Tipperary last year where he had Patrick Fitzgerald and he had Desi and I think you know you, you go back to last year I think he was probably he was probably coming in for a bit of criticism for the for his placement of of, of Desi now again a bit like Galway I'm not going to come on here now this morning and and start you know, criticizing criticizing David Sherrill or, or criticizing Waterford when you consider the the personnel that they were missing yesterday. And I think you've got to give him you've got to give him great credit for promoting some of these these young lads. You know, you think of PJ Fannin, you think of Connor Ryan, you think of uh, Sean Welsh, uh Mar- 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 Martin uh, uh Power. They all acquit themselves very well uh, yesterday. I thought Paddy Levy was was excellent in that role as the as the spare man. And look, Davy will counteract anything that's thrown at him by saying, "Did Waterford concede a goal yesterday? They didn't concede a goal." And I thought there was there was some good stuff. You know, look, there was some some ordinary stuff as well. But again, for for the second week in February, considering the personnel we were missing, you know, I thought it was it was probably a decent performance. It was probably the best performance we could we could uh, we could allow for yesterday. Uh, now look, the, the worry is Eddie touched on it there uh, about lads picking up hamstring injuries. The worry for Waterford, Stephen Bennett went down yesterday, picked up uh, a, a hamstring injury. So where's he going to be at? You know, if he's if he's had to pick him up a hamstring injury, we're hearing that you know Davey's trying to mind him behind the scenes. He's not doing possibly the training that that others are doing, and that's why these matches were so. So crucial for for Stephen going forward in the league, but I thought his brother looked lively when he came on. Shane Shane looked lively when he came on, but look, David David remarked after the match that it's it's all about finishing in the in the top three. He's not really going to be he's not going to get too bogged down about being in the top seven. But it's 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 a great test now for Waterford now because our last three games now are they go down to Cork. I'm sure now Cork are going to have to go gun hold to try and win that game. That's going to be a good test for him. Kilkenny come to town, a local derby in Welsh Park. That's always going to be a great test. And then they finish with with Wexford in their last game, and that could be that could be a potentially a do or die game to see who gets that uh, that last spot for 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 next year's league. So I think it's for what for what's coming down down the road with with three really good testing games and he'll find out an awful lot more about, about his about his panel going forward but for now i don't think we, we can be we can be too hard on on Dave and Sheridan, be too hard on, on any of those Waterford players because for the team that he had out yesterday they gave a good 
honest effort and a good account of themselves. And look, when 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 you see a team going out and giving a good, honest account of themselves and the effort is decent, I think it's nearly irrelevant what we what way they set up or if they plus one at the back or if they plus two at the back. All 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 I would ask for in any team is that, you know, they're going out, they're giving a hundred percent and you know, you see where you see where, where where potentially you can go after that, and I think that's what 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 they got out of there was lads yesterday. You know, just on the flip of that, Eddie, the headline on your piece this morning was Daily Fitz is persistent with erratic and system, but I'm not sure it will work for the data. Something you call a pilot study. Can you can you break it down a bit, like maybe some of the tactics that he's employing, and maybe why you think they don't suit them? Well, I suppose it. Just thinking even more about it since, like it's, I suppose hurling now for me is that you can have a setup, but there's no doubt about it, you cannot stick to that setup right through 75 minutes of hurling for championship. You have to be able to probably change it up. Like even I'd say in Cork and Kilkenny the other night, Cork will go in a certain way. Then they ch- they seem to change it up. They probably had to change it up for the last 10 minutes before half time. Uh, Tommy O'Connell wrote his match, but yeah, look on that. I suppose the pilot thing is is that. It's we we John touched on it there, and yeah, we have to reserve judgment because last year probably it put them in a great position against Limerick, and ultimately it was that natural hurling instincts, which I think has to take over. It has to come through the system as well, whatever system you're going with. And again, I can see the merits in what Davy is trying to do. I you know I I think you get it, but like how I suppose the results are going to. He'll be judged on the results. And will that deliver consistent results? And I think for that to happen, I think, yeah, on yesterday, I take all John's points and they're right. He's dead right. You know, you have young lads in there. But ultimately, it was probably that little bit of hurling cleverness or natural hurling has to take over at some stage through the system. And that's possibly what got clear over the line, albeit a point in the league in February in Walsh Park. It's not to be jumping up and down around. But... Sometimes a one-point defeat can be good in the overall development of the team. Like you said, you're blood and players. And you say, well, we didn't throw in the towel. We went right to the end. But the system of what he's trying to do, you know, all your backs pushing out outside the 45. Yeah, you're taking out your forwards. But if you have pacey forwards and you get a turnover, you're now going to be backpedaling strong. And I suppose it's going to, yeah, does a yield goals. It hasn't so far. But in championship hurling, Will it deliver you? I think there has to be a time where you go for a match. And ultimately last year, to give Davy Fitz credit, they were the one team that unsettled Limerick. They didn't allow Limerick, you know the way Limerick kind of like to inter- have interventions in a match or they like to kind of control the pace of the game and they're very good at that. I thought last year, to give him credit, Watford were the one team that really unsettled Limerick and it was probably just a little bit of probably steadiness and natural hurling might have got him over the line. The wides probably killed him in the end. And their year could have been so different had that result. And then you flip to what they were able to do to tip, completely outmaneuver tip in that last match. And it is something a little bit radical. He used his goalie even to, to great effect that day. So this is what you get from Davy. And I suppose, like John said there, in fairness, you, you can't be too hard on it now because it is a work in, in progress. So therefore, come championship, and when you get some of the missing water players back into that setup, and you have young lads there blending in with them, that's where the real test is going to be, and that's where we'll hold our judgment for in fairness. 
And to be fair, to be fair to you, lads, right, we're, we're talking about cattle and, and bedings in, in year two, right? And, you know, there needs to be a small bit of patience. And likewise with, with Galway. But there needs to be a small bit of patience also with Davy, because you have to remember, like, he's, you're on about cattle coming in after, 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 after Colin, Colin Bonner. But also, you have to remember, Davy was taken over from cattle, right? And he wanted to kind of, you know, get his players to adapt to the way Davy wants his, wants his team to. Two complete different team. styles. You're right. Two, two complete different styles. So that does that does take t- time. And to be fair to those players last year, you're going from a style where you had Lean Cal, Mikey Bevins, and it was just tack, tack, attack, attack, to, to now being told, right, we're going the opposite and we're going to a style where we're going to be more defensive minded and we're going to try and. No, not concede as 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 much. I'm going to keep the game tight. Might be pretty on the eye, and well, it gets you closer. Yeah, it, it, it gets you closer. And to be to be fair to Davy, he's in year two now. You might see probably it being more effective this year. And as Eddie touched on, you know, you have an awful lot of those big names to come back. And to be fair, I think he's going the right route this year. I even said that he should have done it last year with Desi Hutchin. He had Desi Hutchin in league games last year. First league game, second round of the league. We haven't seen Desi Hutchin this year. We haven't seen Jamie Barron. That probably should have been the approach last year. And I probably uh, I, I probably think he's probably taken the learnings from last year and said, you know what, I'm going to hold back yeah. my big guns. I'm going to keep them fresh and we're going to go gun hole for that Clark and Tipperary game. In but even on your point there, John, I think... I think some of the, if you looked at the Waterford squads that Derek McGrath has, they played kind of similar to what Davy is. So in the middle of that, you had a transition. You had Parry Fanning for a year. Then you had Liam Cal, where I understand, and again, I'm not going to talk about school here, but I understand one of their big frustrations when they went in in year one with Waterford was he felt that they weren't, once forwards got possession, they weren't trying to break attacking and head for goal. They were coming lateral the whole time. So that's, the conditioning of five years under Derek and, and they play a certain way. So I suppose there is, that's, that's you know, completely two different ways of playing and setting up. So that does, in fairness, take time. And to be fair, to be fair, the Parik Fannin, and I'd often talk to Parik Fannin about, like Parik Fannin then was trying to change from Derek being defensive-minded to, and, and Parik wanted to come in then, he wanted to change it up to being more offensive and he wanted to go go on the attack. And, that that takes time, and probably Paulie Fannin probably wasn't given yeah, enough time towards. to go to, to, to go and do that. Like, so it's it's a contrast of styles, really, and 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 you have to be given time to to be able to kind of you know go from one style to another style. It's funny you say that because I know Colin Bonner gets hammered as well. But if you look at a load of the the Tipperary lads that are playing at the minute or the lads that are leading the squad, there are a lot of lads that got there. Got their got their chance in twenty twenty two. It'd be very interesting to see um, a fully fit and fully tuned Waterford with all their personnel and what they can do come summer. Just a quick word, John, on Clare. Um, like without Tony Kelly, obviously John Condon is back. Like Brian Lone will be licking his lips after the weekend. Realistically, they've they're, they've two from two. Probably had a bit of a stuttering league last year. They're in a really good position now. If you look at the likes of Connor Lean, Keen Galvin. Sean Rin, all these like, like there's a few there's new kind of faces putting their hands up as well yeah but you often touched on on Limerick there's no point some of these Limerick lads being given an opportunity if they don't have 9 or 10 of, of the core starting 15 uh, around them and that's what that's 
the one beautiful thing for, for a lot of these young lads that are being given an opportunity. They have the core nine or ten lads that are going that are going to start. Now look, he he held off, he kept uh, he left off Adam Hogan, he left off Rogers yesterday on account of I'm sure the the, the Fitzgibbon. Yeah. But he was he was said he had the luxury then of being able to bring back in Rory Hayes, he the luxury then of being able to bring in bring in John Conlon, he brought back in Ian Gallman. So they're not weakening it a whole lot. And for if you were making your debut, you know, in contrast to Warford, yeah. you like the likes of PJ Fannin, you like to Sean Welch, you the likes of um, who else I touched on there, uh, Matt Martin Dower, they're they're having to come in and it's it's nearly an experimental side Find in contrast. Way, yeah. And and still still give a very good account of themselves in contrast to the clear players who are coming in like Connor Lean, um, Sean Rean, and um, Mounty got another uh, Mounty got another oppor- opportunity yesterday. Patrick Crotty very good as well, wasn't he? Gavin Crotty, but they were coming in with, with a core nine or nine or yeah. ten lads. Well, if you were shot, if you were Rin and you have Davy Mack one side, yeah, Conlon there, Connor Cleary behind you, that helps Rory Hayes in behind you. That's brilliant. You know, it's a great way to 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 roll in. And 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 that's what and that's what he done. That's what he done the previous week against uh, against Cork. You know, he had a, he had a good 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 core ten ten lads. Start and he said, "Throw him in." And look, it's a great way of building your your panel depth as well. But look, they're in a great position now, Michael. Uh, they dug out it. They dug out it. It was, a, it was a real physical, robust game. And I think, as as Brian Lone touched in the aftermath, it's 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 a tough venue to go and get a result. And great credit to Clare yesterday. They were able to dug, they were able to dig it out. They, you know, they stayed in the game. I thought it was very very good yesterday. And it's only when you go and, and you see him up uh, up close yesterday and you see the amount of work that he goes to, call him alone, lads. Jeez, he's, yeah, he's, he's a, brilliant. He's, Very he's a real unsung hero. Probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves for, for the amount of effort and work um, and, and the work that goes unnoticed. I thought he was very, very good. And look, they find themselves in a, in a fantastic position now of getting to, getting to a semi-final, Michael. To see the other thing there, I just don't know if you know us, there's... Uh... I see uh, a guy behind the goal, behind the wall for goalie again. <laughs> I, did, I didn't actually you see notice it yesterday. It now. I didn't notice it now. Oh, I look at it on TG4. He's there behind him. You can see him. He has the headpiece, the pieces in the ear, and you see him peeping up. And it's, it was particularly, I think it was in, was the first half I noticed it. Um, yeah, which way Claire would play, yeah. And just you can just see it a few times on the Oaks. You're kind of going on. <laughs> but, but 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 the most pleasing. The rear four thing, now, I suppose, yeah. But the most pleasing thing for me last year, and I touched on the article in, in Saturday's article. We had Peter Queeley up in the stand, and I know Peter. Peter is one of the most passionate men that that, that you'll ever come across. And even we seen it last year for the first time last year, he was on the sideline with Tipperary, and Davy having him alongside him. You know, is 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 going to be massive reward for this year. And you know, you even touched on it. Even even Owen Kelly, lads, you even touched on Eamon O'Shea. You know, coming in and getting used to getting used to Henry, and there's a bedding in process. And maybe Kelly last year probably had to go through that bedding process. You know, outside of his own county, and and you might see, you know, the we might read the rewards of of, of Owen Kelly this year in year two rather than last year. Just on on Saturday night. From a Kilkenny point of view, uh, Eddie, when they were when they were good, I'd say they were they were ver- they were very good. Uh, they probably switched off at different times, and Cork ca- or Cork switched on one or the other, and Cork caused them a bit of, a bit of trouble. But it was very important to get the two points on the board here because it kind of 
looked at stages that it was slipping away from them. Yeah, and you'd have to say that coming down that last few minutes, tw- 20 minutes out, if Cork's accuracy is tidier, they could have won that match by three or four points. You know, they just, uh, I suppose this time of the year and fatigue is starting to kick in. But yeah, look, <clears throat> it was strange because I thought Kilkenny's ability to walk the ball out short, which is something I think they need to, you know, they, they, it, it's a go- it's an area they, they can fix or they can bring to an advantage, I think, in going into championship. They were excellent, but it was probably temp- t- tempered a bit with the fact that Cork weren't engaging. Cork, for some reason, whatever happens, they just came out flat. And, and I don't know what it's just that Kilkenny got off to such a heater, but from a Kilkenny perspective, right, I think it was it was good and that when the challenge was thrown down from they didn't die either. They, they found a way to get over the line. They found a way to get a massive two points because if you don't get those two points, you're now under pressure for your next three matches in a big, big way, knowing that you know, and I suppose is one of them have they to go to Clare maybe or go down to Waterford, you know, so you just don't know. But um I think what's 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 missing is that little bit of finesse and that little bit of cutthroat to kill a game off. Kilkenny had an opportunity probably to put that match in bed before put it to bed, maybe ten minutes before half time. They can run in a goal or two there, Corker in big, big trouble. And and I think that's maybe the, the the area that Derek would like to see them get to. Yeah, you're you're very rarely going to put a big number on a on a team, you know, a top tier team like that. But I think if you're going to go places and build that confidence and build that kind of real ruthless killer streak to get matches done, then I think when you are in the ascendancy like that, you have to you have to steamroll a team. You have to make sure that you win. And it's you know, take Mikey Carey's burst and run through the middle. You know, big long hurdle trying to take a shot from outside the 21. That's not going to happen at this level. You know, you need to be just a tiny bit calmer and then draw in a lad and pop pass or whatever. And that you, you you kind of almost walk the ball in a bit closer. And just, I just thought it was one or two goal chances there that went to Began. And that could have changed results. And equally, look, Cork at the other end. But it was, it was a funny match. Cork came to life a little bit. I think they start playing with a bit of abandon. And central to it, I know Mellory coming on was, was significant. But Tommy O'Connell seems to be a guy that has really, without ever being, I suppose he's a new guy in the scene there, he's a leader for them. Like, I mean, when the challenge was, was when they needed bodies to be put in the line last Saturday evening, in their own patch, Tommy O'Connell brought the fire. And you'd have to admire him because he was up the field, he was down the field, he put in the hook on Carey, he got a point earlier on just outside the 21. So it's guys like that, I think, is what's possibly missing in, in Cork. And I don't know, look, they're, they're looking at some of those defenders for quite a while now. Maybe maybe it's time for, for a little bit of change there and and the likes of, you know, some of his new guys coming in, they might be the way forward, you know. Like, what happens on a field? Like, is it a, a quick word with a fella where, where you say, we're going to get three balls here, we need to make hay with them? Or what does, how does that manifest itself on the pitch? I, th- I think it manifests itself in that you're you're aware of what's happening and it's even, you know, you, you're sensing that the opposition are under pressure, their body language, maybe they're talking the way they're not talking, they could be arguing with each other and it's just a case of, even I found at times it could be that, right, rather than maybe just hang off, just go off out to the sideline, tuck out the sideline and maybe leave space for Gorta to operate in or, or whoever it was or Taggy, give them space maybe because you wanted space sometimes and the opposition maybe could get a positive in by a tackle Whereas you're saying, no, no, let's open them up now and let's try. And it was more, I suppose it wasn't a collective thing. It was just maybe 
uh, I suppose, an, in, an ingrained thing more so, that if there's chances there, yeah, take a few points, we build up, get the scoreboard taken over, and then I suppose it's awareness and it's experience of understanding, hey, there's a goal on here. In the blink of an eye, you understand there's a goal on here. And it, it could be as simple, Michael, as running a certain line, knowing that if once I square off and I'm heading for the goal, well, now number three has to make a decision. And once whoever it was, Gorta or Henry, peeled off in the right position, it was then the timing of that pass. It wasn't trying to force it through yourself, maybe, but I think it's just an awareness of what's happened with the opposition, sensing that, I suppose it's your in-game smarts and knowing that now is a good time to get it. There's a time there where maybe you come close and one, you go, no, no, let's get another point. And that's where it's at, I think. Yeah, and what I what, 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 I just cutting you there, like what, what Verney, what, what I found with that with that brilliant Kilkenny team, Verney was was the timing. Like you could be you could be three or four points behind, or even two points behind. You know, with with five minutes just before halftime, and you're just saying, right, we get into halftime, we regroup, and we'll have a chat. And that's when they that's when they push that button and say, right, they go after a goal, maybe three, four minutes, five minutes before halftime, hit you for a goal. And all of a sudden, then instead of you being two or three points down at halftime, you're six or seven points down at halftime and you're, you're going in half deflated. And, and and in the aftermath of that halftime, you would nearly always time and nearly go to go after halftime, hit a team for hit a team for a goal. And in the blink of an eye, and it's a bit something similar with Limerick and I even see with Valley Gunner down here in down here in Waterford where a team could be they could be going toe to toe and you know it could be only two or three points and in the next thing boom they flick flick that switch and it could be that crucial time just before half time they hit you for a goal hit you for a goal after half time and in the blink of an eye the margin's nearly out between eight to ten points. And when you look at that half time sure that was what happened going in like Kenny after doing all the hurling and railroad and cork for twenty five minutes, suddenly Cork were in a position where they're panicking possibly going in a half time or they're very deflated suddenly they're getting a shot of adrenaline going in a half time rattle off one tree and the mindsets are so different like and then that's where psychology and experience and all that kicks in like so uh, just an interesting one yeah there's definitely glaring similarities, I would say, between the Great Kilkenny team and the current Limerick team. I think back to that All-Ireland semi-final last year with Galway and uh, Limerick and Galway going in, I think, a point ahead at half-time. They should have been 10 up. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're under pressure going in. You feel like you're nearly beaten going in. But just the point you made, Eddie, there, and I might touch on it with you, John. You, you said about, you know, if you sense a goal is on. There were a couple of times I felt Cork were trying to force a goal chance. Maybe when it wasn't on, maybe Shane Kingston, maybe I'd say, was probably a culprit at different times. I'm not sure if the goal was actually on and it's a bit deflating then when the ball is turned over or whatever. But John, what did, what did you make of Cork? It's like last year, I would say the best thing that came out of Cork was their consistency. It, the, there wasn't as many peaks and troughs throughout their performance. Whereas you look at the other day, it was probably a, a no-show for 25 minutes and then some very, very good elements but that inconsistency, you'd have to say, is a small bit of a worry. I take the point that it's only early in the year, but you want to be consistent across the 70, 75 minutes. Well, the two things we've seen, you know, that was consistent across the weekend was that, you know, teams were probably, t- and, and, and Cork were, Cork was very similar to the, the, the previous week against Clare, where they were taking that, extra pass to Manny out around the middle third when there was no need to take that extra pass or two instead of getting the ball in quicker and faster into their in- inside line. Uh, 
one thing that another thing is that an awful lot of teams have a lot of lull moments in the games over the weekend and Cork were one of the one of those teams. And I suppose what's crucial for a lot of these teams is when you go through those lull moments or those lull periods of time, it's trying to hang in there and minimize the damage as much as as much as you can. And Eddie touched on it there with Cork. He touched on engagement and we touched on it in last year's pod about Cork. When Cork are willing to engage in the tackle, get down, get dirty, are willing to put their bodies in the line, are willing to take the hits, that's when Cork are at their best. But when they get into this mindset of this tippy-tappy hurling, trying to, you know, play a lovely ball, not be willing to put their bodies on the line, that's where Cork struggle. And Eddie touched on it there, he's 100% right. They need a couple more players like Tommy O'Connell who's able to grind the teeth, go through lads, take on lads, is willing to put his body on the line. And if they find one or two more of them, they'll be in the mix. They'll be in the mix. And it's, 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 uh, Eddie's 100% right. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mindset thing for an awful lot of these car players because they have the horror. They have the horror and they're probably the most skillful horrors out, out, out there outside of outside of Limerick but you know when when they're looking for those traits that's where where, they, where there's a tendency to, to, to struggle but look going on they still have an awful lot of big hitters to come back in the big worry for Pat Ryan out of, uh, coming out of uh, the game Saturday night is the injury to Robbie O'Flynn and by looking at his uh, body language coming off it doesn't look too good and if they're to lose him again for the year he will be a colossal loss for 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 Cork going forward into the summer. Just uh, just on Cork, I think the frustrating thing, and you mentioned it there, Mull, when when they do push up and get physical, they're they're really hard to handle. Like they were they were all over Kilkenny at different stages when they decided to get physical. I think that's the frustrating thing that we don't always see that if they're able to put that together for four or five games in a row, where they really push up and get down and dirty, as you say, I think they'll be they'll be right in the mix. Funny you say about the hamstrings there, Jake Morris. Brian, Brian O'Mara TJ Brennan even went off I'm not sure if that was an injury or not and a couple of lads that you mentioned there it's a real precarious time of the year isn't it you're under you're under pressure going into championship if you pick up a bit of a hamstring knock as well so there's a lot of boys um, on the back foot I'd say just a quick word on Westmead um, you know I thought that was a, it was a brilliant performance they were level with uh, they were level with Limerick at half time they are even level the early stages of the second half, beaten by six in the end. I think Limerick were very flattered by, by the six-point win uh, by all accounts. And I know, Mole, you were down in Wexford Park on, on Saturday night. Uh, biblical weather down there, but geez, at least the, at least the entertainment on the pitch was uh, was keeping everyone fairly warm anyway. Finished in a draw between Wexford and Offaly. 13-man Wexford. Offaly probably feel they left something behind, but you know, from an Offaly, an Offaly point of view, very, very encouraging performance. What were your main kind of takeaways as a man on the ground down there? Yeah, geez, I was going into Welsh Park and one or two of the Adams side lads were giving me a bit of a... <laughs> and they were kind of laughing. Like, Jesus, all you were saying on the radio yesterday, awfully, I'm back. I didn't... I did, I did, a result and a performance to, to say that, you know, they're they're making huge strides to get back to where they, where they want to be. I thought they were excellent. I really thought they were excellent. I text you on the, on the way back. I was... I, I, myself and Paul, Paul, Lodge done it. It was a real exciting game. 
I thought awfully were, were, were brilliant. I honestly did. And we've seen it in the past where they've got hammered before on their strength and conditioning. I thought their conditioning last Saturday night was unbelievable. And I was saying to me, oh my, surely there's going, to, there, there's going to be a dip now in the second half. And the lads highlighted it in the, on, the, on, the, on the League Sunday last night, the work rate of their forwards when they didn't have the ball. They were ravenous. They were hunting in twos and threes. Like, when was the last time we 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 seen that from a uh, from from an awfully team? And I thought some of our some of our passes at play were were very 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 good. Brian Dyden, I thought, was excellent. Took the, took the goal very well. Uh, Killian Sampson, usually we've seen him in the in in the past. He usually back around half back, corner back. They 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 put him wing forward. I thought he was excellent. Um, Killian Killian Kylie centre-back, he was a man out in centre-back. I thought Ben Keneally uh, done a fantastic man-marking job on uh, Lee Chin. Uh, I thought Burke, full-back, was, was solid. Just on the sending off, I thought Jack O'Connor was going on the, on the cameras last night. I thought at the time, I thought, Jesus, uh, I was kind of relating back to last year's Joe McDonough Cup final when when uh, which which the Offaly cornerback was yeah 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 so but looking at the TV cameras last night it, it looks like the Jack O'Connor I think that will be probably rescinded I think uh, don't think there was a there was a whole lot in it two of them are kind of t- talking one another but yeah it's 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 a great one now for for Johnny Kelly and his management team now to go and to go and build on for the for the rest of this league and Screeny got got game time. I know you were saying in the in the first part that you know they needed a mind screeny, and I was even saying it that maybe they'd hold him hold him off, and they took him off for fifteen minutes to go. I thought the game was there to be won, and and, and he wasn't seeing much ball, but any ball he was getting on, he, he got on one ball and he recycled it back out to to uh, I think it was uh, Nally, and I think Nally put the ball over the bar. I would have kept them on the field just for the last 15 minutes because he has that bit of X factor. If he would have gone on a, a ball or two in, in, in those, the closing stage of that game, uh, he may have gotten them over the line. But all in all, I think they'll be kicking themselves. They didn't go back up the road with, 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 with the two points because for the effort and the performance, uh, it fully warranted the win. Um, but great credit has to go to Wexford as well. Down to 13 men, they were, by their standards, they were... They were probably a, a bit disappointing, but again, you got to give great credit to Offaly. They didn't allow them to get into their flow. They didn't allow them to to to, to settle into the match. They didn't allow them. To, they were they were on them like like they were on them like a flash in 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 in, in the Wexford defence. Put them under pressure. Um, but again, look, he Rosser will be delighted that they were able to you know show a bit of resilience, show a bit of character, and and dig out a, a draw in the end. You know. Yeah, from an awfully point of view, you were saying there's more about Waterford. All you want to see is a real honesty of effort from a team. And that's kind of what we saw from Offaly on Saturday night. So, and, it, you know, they were tactically savvy, I thought, in the first half, pushed up on the Wexford, uh, hook out and pushed up on the Wexford defenders. I didn't think Wexford really knew what to do when they pushed up on them in the first half. So who, that's who, definitely... Who, who, who was actually very, very effective as well was was, was Charlie Mitchell. Now, and, Brilliant and there, yeah. You're, you're, you're on about, like, Waterford played a plus one at the back. Well, he did... Off he played two inside. Charlie Mitchell came out as a fourth half forward and was very, very effective. Uh, you know, I think he set up three or four, three or four scores. 
um, the pass off even for, for Brian Dyke he was kind of bottled up and he managed to get the, hey, the pass fairly off. Deba- fairly debatable now, but he's in all fairness. The love was a pass control. Yeah, well, look, well, look, he, he still managed to to, uh, to get it off and it's great finish by Brian Dyden. But yeah, I thought he was he was very, very effective for, for Alfie uh, Saturday night as well. Now, to just finish up with a quick one before we go, uh, Ned, I'm wondering what's the best, <laughs> worst or funniest advice you ever got throughout your career? Oh Jesus! I know there's some of them now. I, I, they're probably now. I couldn't repeat them and, and and identify the offenders. But uh, no, look, I suppose one one guy we had. I was fortunate enough to 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 experience him as a teacher inside in St Kieran's College. Dennis Philpot, Mr Philpot. Uh, he was a bars man, I think, from Cork originally, and he was up teaching with us. And I suppose as having not kind of maybe gone or heard too much outside your own county for me this Cork accent that he had in school and his demeanour and the way he used to go on just kind of intrigued me a little bit. But he had a little saying, he said, you get the ball as if you love it, by, and then you get rid of it as if you absolutely hate it. And it was a great little saying. I mean, simple little one, but I'd have never heard that around our parts before. Like, And it was just, it was his probably one of his his lines, really, um, that, that he would trot out to the senior team. And it was something different. And when you look at, what he influenced in Kilkenny, um, it, it was incredible. But uh, yeah, there's there's a couple, there's a few funny ones, all right. But I might say, uh, I, I let Muller come in there. Muller definitely has a good one here. I don't think we can be too harsh on, on, on what's the worst advice you got because I don't think I've, for any manager I, I've ever played under, I don't think I've ever, you know, any advice I've ever been uh, taken on board. I don't think I've ever gone away and said, "Jesus, you know what? I'm not going to take that on board." Or what does he know about it? Now, in the aftermath, you might, if, if things have gone wrong, I'd say, "Jeez, I might have done that differently." But I suppose I would have. Any manager I would have played under, I would have had the respect of, of every manager, and any advice I would have been given, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, I would have always taken it on board and said, "Right, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take that on board." Probably uh, best advice. I suppose, look, you'd always listen to your, to your parents. I suppose my own father would have, uh, you know, he would have said to me back in the day, like, you know, you keep going to the final whistle. No matter what's happening, whatever the result is, or whatever, you know, if if if, if lads are, you know, thrown in the towel around you, you keep fighting to the end. And that always kind of stuck, stuck with me that, you know, you keep going, keep going to the final whistle. And another lad, um, Mickey Cashin, was very good to me. Mickey Cashin said to me, you know, there was often times early on in my career where I would be kind of beating myself up or getting frustrated if I wasn't getting on a ball or, you know, early doors, nearly looking at the line or am I going to be taken off? But I remember Nicky, Nicky pulled me aside one day and he said to me, he said, you know what? He said, just be patient. He said, all you need is five minutes to win the game. And he said, it might be the 65th minute, it might be the 55th minute, it might be the 45th minute. All you need is five minutes to, to, to win a game. And I always took that on board. Um, bringing that bit of patience into 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 the game, um, probably the funniest one. I won't mention his name, but uh, we had a manager back in in um, De La Salle. He got us the county final. He's very good now. Very, he was very very good now. Uh, first year, he's very good. I, I'd have to speak highly of him. Um, probably would have had a fall out with him back <laughs> in the immediate time. But I remember we were playing a county final against Bally Gunner in two thousand and five. And it was our first county final, uh, first county final, and the, the 
the Sunday before it, we were training up in our old grounds up in, up in the Clayby. And, you know, it's, if anyone knows the Clayby, Clayby Road, there's cars passing up and down, up and down. So we had a mock parade. Yeah, we had us walking around the Clayby <laughs> in a mock parade, one to 15, all, all lined up, getting ready. And there was fucking pissing, pissing rain out. And we were walking around. And I remember getting to the other side, the other side of the hill. And we were all looking at you. He said, keep looking straight. And I remember saying, said, if anyone is looking at us, they're walking around doing a mock parade. You know, but that was kind of the, the psychological thing of trying to get trying to get us ready for the, the 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 following Sunday. And we've seen that's you know, we've seen time and time again, you know, managers trying to do those type of things. And you know, you know, and, and that can be that can be the percent that can get you over the line. Even a small thing before the match of getting ready for, for, for a parade and you know while it, well, it was funny but I could see the logic behind behind doing it at the time because you know I was saying right this is our first time that we and for an awful lot of the younger lads and lads that probably won't be involved in county setups it was probably more getting them ready for, for what was going to come down the road in, in seven days time yeah, we you know? probably weren't playing enough junior mall I think if we played enough junior, we'd probably, you know, I finished up there two years ago with the junior team and with lad overs. It's funny now, but he used to be always say, oh, geez, lads, I want you spread out up front. And we're all like going, no, we don't want to spread out. Just keep it nice and tight where we have less running to do. Like it's, it's more, I think, the junior B or the junior C is where you get the bit of crack with, with stuff like that. And there, there could be a bit of madcap stuff, but... Uh, not, not, not with the, the Dallas Al prep for the county final. Did you play any junior B, Mull? Oh, junior B. I played junior B. Uh, the COVID, uh, the bull and Stevie, Stevie <laughs> Brenner were, uh, Stevie Brenner asked me to, to come up and I said, look, I, 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 come on up, come on up, play, come on up. Now, look, junior B is, is what it can be wild, that, you know. So we're up there, Andy. <laughs> and we were playing the Mollerns. We were playing the Mollerns, St. Mollerns. I'd be up around Carrick Bay. And, uh, I'd, I'd have a good relationship with all the boys up in, up in Carrick Bay. But we were playing the Mollerns, Andy. And I came on about 20 minutes to go. And I was marking this fella, he was about 25, 26, and he was pulling, he was pulling wild now. It was like an all-earned jump. And I'm saying, yo, man, I was saying, right, all I need to do is just get through the last 20 minutes, get home, get done and dusted, and I'll be it. <laughs> a man shook me after the, shook hands me after the match, and he says, Jesus, John, that was fucking great, he said. And I said, you know what? Fair play to you. I said, you'd be glad to know you be the last man ever to shake my hand. The lad said to me, now we're playing Clon A Power next week. Another, another, another wild power. I said, lads, good luck. That's me finishing the fire. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> oh, brilliant stuff. On that bombshell, lads, we'll, let, we'll finish up for the week. John and Eddie, thanks for joining me. And in the meantime, don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever get, you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>